and welcome to the Carry On podcast for Easter Lutheran Church. I am Pastor Jen Hackbarth here with Pastor Megan Torgerson and Pastor Jay Carlson. And we are here talking about the scriptures that we will be using in worship on Wednesday, October 12th and Sunday, October 16th. We will be talking about the Ten Commandments, Ooh. but first, to give you a little context about where we have been, it is uh, the week before we chatted and um, learned about the Red Sea and Moses taking the Israelites, leading the Israelites out of slavery into freedom, and now they are learning how to be a free people. They've been wandering in the wilderness, and we have... Uh, Skipped over a few things, Miriam's song, the Israelites receiving manna in the wilderness, and also Moses getting water from the rock. But now we find ourselves in uh, the area of Mount Sinai, and Moses travels up the mountain to receive direction from, jo- from God for this new community. Yeah, so I, I, Pastor Jen, you said, you know, just a few things. That's like a lot of things. That's like <laughs> years of, of history there. Yes. Um, but again, so formative for uh, what God's people understood themselves to be, to move from people who had been enslaved to people who had been freed by God to people who wandered in the wilderness for a long, long, long time before mm-hmm. uh, they entered the God, land that God had promised them. Um, so... Because we've skipped so much uh, of Exodus, let's read a lot of Exodus, right? Um, So today's reading is going to come in two pieces. Uh, The first piece is going to come from Exodus 19, verses 3 through 7. And and I'll read that, and then we'll talk about that bit for a little bit. And then, uh, Pastor Jay, how about you read the next part? uh, And that will be Exodus 20 verses 1 through 17. So uh, so folks, you're going to hear us break the reading up a little bit. So this is the first part of the reading. This is from Exodus 19. Then Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him from the mountain. Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the Israelites, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my commandment, you, oh, Let me try that again. Because now, therefore, says God, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. So Moses went, summoned the elders of the people, and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. Yeah, it's, it's like a pathological mistake on my part there to say the, the commandment, because we're about to read the we're Ten Commandments, but what God is talking about here is covenant. And in the past podcast, we've defined covenant in this sense of God's covenant with the people as a promise, because it's something that God establishes and is faithful to no matter what. So even though the people maybe are obedient or not to this covenant God has promised and will continue to be faithful to it. And I think that's important before we get to the commandments, uh, because the commandments are set in this context, in this relationship of promise. The promise comes first, and then the commandments, the, the, the uh, expectations are set for the people. But it's not, uh, the promise is not dependent on the commandments it's the other way around right and it's and it's god who instigates this it's it's not god saying well you know i suppose 
if you're willing to do X, Y, and Z, maybe I'll be faithful. God is like, no, I've, let me remind you of all the ways I've continued to be faithful to you. Um, and now I'm asking for you to live as a people who are being shaped by this promise in this particular way. Um, because Pastor Jen, you were even saying a little bit before uh, we started recording here about kind of how God's relationship with the people is about to change mm-hmm. here. Yes, because they are learning how to, they have to shed this old identity as oppressed people and learn what it means to be free people. And clearly this is not easy for them. Mm. They go through a lot of complaining, a lot of grumbling. They're frustrated. Anytime you change your sense of self as a community, as a person, it's so difficult and takes a lot of starting and restarting. So they are learning how to do this. And I, I always find it so fascinating that they need this wilderness time in order to shed that old identity and learn how to relate to God in this new way. Um, yeah, it's just such an interesting story. I feel like we've talked about that a lot in a lot of these stories is this this being kind of an in-between time. You know, mm-hmm. we get people uh, receiving this promise from God and then years or even maybe lifetimes pass before that promise starts to take a more clear shape. I think it's that reminder that... Um, there is a lot of waiting in mm-hmm. our life. There is a lot of uh, understanding God's action in hindsight. Yeah, and that the 40 years of wilderness means that an entire generation of people don't get to see the promised land. Including that, Moses. Yes, yeah. they only begin this journey. So it, there is a lot of uh, realness about mm. how we don't always see the end of God's work. Yeah, and that it's a good reminder that wilderness times can be fruitful. That there, it's not just barren, but well, in the Bible, there was water coming from a rock. God was present in the wilderness as well. It wasn't just waiting around for something to happen. Uh, God was still present and faithful through all of that wilderness time. And that's true for our wilderness moments as well, whatever they might be, those in-between times. It's even kind of a training opportunity, right? Because when God provides the manna and the quail in the wilderness and when God makes water come from the rock, it's, it's this continuing teaching that, no, you rely on God. Like Mm -hmm. everything else has been stripped away. You are, you are learning to count on God alone. And so that's a hard, I mean, that's a hard, it's a hard lesson. It's a new lesson, but it's also a vital one. So yeah, wilderness wandering is, um, I don't think anyone wants that. And yeah. there can be a lot that can be learned from that kind of time and space. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is difficult. I mean, wilderness wandering is meant to be here described as a difficult experience. Mm. It's, it's called, it said, the Bible says 40 years up until they get to Sinai, and then another 40 years after Sinai. So really, like 80 years okay, of yeah, wilderness de- yeah. wandering. Lifetime, yeah. And uh, and I, I heard a, a Jewish rabbi once say that in the Bible, 40 is a symbolic number. Like 40 just means a really long time. He said it's like dentist chair time. Uh, no offense to any dentist. So you're sitting in a in a dentist chair. Time seems to be a little bit slower. It's just really hard, difficult time. I hope that's not offensive because no I really like my dentist. If, but uh, To all the dentists out there, you can reach Pastor J at... <laughs> Days with infants or toddlers. Yeah, yeah. right. right. Time stretches. The days are long, long but the, the years are short. That's yep. the one. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of wilderness time, so right? Yeah. I like the idea 
Pastor Megan, how you said that it's almost a training ground for them, that this is preparation for them to hear the commandments. So all these things need to be in place before they're ready to hear the commandments where they have to learn how to trust in God and they also have to hear God's promise to them. Mm. And all of that has to be set before Moses can bring those commandments to them for them to learn. So that, shall we read the next section? All right, so this is the... The commandments then, starting in verse 20 on Mount Sinai. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female slave, ox, donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Familiar words. Yeah. I had to memorize some of that for confirmation when I was a kid. Oh, I had to memorize some of that for uh, one of my classes at seminary, <laughs> yes, too. Right. Yes. The memorization never ends. <laughs> I, like, um, this is one of my favorite notes about the Ten Commandments, and it's kind of, kind of apropos of nothing. But um, you'll note, friends, that when you hear Pastor Jay read the commandments, that God doesn't go, Commandment one, you shall have no other gods. Because it's not numbered, people have understood the sentences and verses and therefore number of commandments in different ways, which is why your Baptist friends and your Catholic friends uh, disagree strongly on which commandment the Eighth Commandment actually is Mm -hmm. uh, because the numbering gets off a bit. So we, we as Lutherans follow the way of numbering that's a bit more in keeping with sort of the Catholic numbering so just just so you're aware uh it, it might trip you up a bit yeah so then you might divide the the last coveting ones into right. two or not right. do you yeah, covet so. do you get warned against coveting <laughs> twice or is it just all one don't covet and then is it the uh you know is making an idol the same as not having any other gods or is it separate from not having any other gods uh, it's and, uh, and maybe maybe it doesn't matter, or maybe it does. I don't know. The first one, so the first word here uh, is, you shall have no other gods, uh, right? Or I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. So that is, is context. It's not necessarily a commandment there, but it is 
um, kind of the, the reason for these, these commandments that follow. Right. Because, and I'm curious, I wonder how many times in uh, the Old Testament there is a reminder that God led them out of Egypt. I mean, even twice oh. in this, this section, there's these reminders. Remember how I brought you out of Egypt? And remember you were slaves? And remember what I did to those, those Egyptians and to Pharaoh? Um, there's always that constant, and, and because they needed it. And we need right? reminders about who God is for us, too, over and over and over. I think it's one of the reasons why we can often, when we hear people, either when God introduces God's own self or when people talk about their God, there's often this litany, you know, God of uh, Abraham and Isaac, God of Jacob, you know, all these names. And we're, we really tend to want to just, like, gloss over them and be like, blah, 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 names I don't understand. Um, first of all, you do understand those names because we have now read the stories of people like <laughs> Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Um, and, and secondly, it's that same pattern of remember who this God is. Remember what this God has done. And it's not like in the way that your mom used to guilt trip you with the, do you know what I do for, <laughs> I put clothes on your back. The least you can do is put those clothes in the hamper. It's not, I mean, it's not that kind of guilt trip. It's a, it's a no, remember, this is who I am. Like, this is my identity. Mm -hmm. This is what I want for you. This is the promise I've made for you in the past. This is a promise I'm living into in the future. This is who I am. We're clear? Good. Okay, so this is what I need from you next. Yes, Here's what we're yes. going to do. It's just, a, it's just a reminder. It's remember, remember, remember. That word is all over uh, the Old Testament. Is just remember who God is and that people forget. And that and, is why yeah. we need reminding. And maybe it's because God's grace is so different from anything else we experience in our everyday worldly lives that we need those reminders. I had a professor, you probably all did too, at Luther Seminary, who said, the promises that we hear on Sunday, I need to go every week because by the time Saturday comes around, I've sort of forgotten those things. <laughs> By Sunday at 10 p.m., <laughs> I forgot those Sunday things. Sunday at 10 p.m., <laughs> right, right. That's why we need these reminders You're over good. and over. Oh. Yep, absolutely. So this is our last Sunday, or last week, with this particular worship series that oh, we've yeah. been traveling through called Who We Are. And what have we learned about who we are in the past few weeks? Oh my gosh. So, I mean, one of the things I think we've learned about who we are is something that we talked about a little bit here today is this sense that who we are is people who don't always know where they're going. Mm. Um, I, I think there's some messaging that as people of faith, you have to be really clear. Like, you got to know what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to go, and that God is going to tell you exactly what's next. And um, I don't think scripture bears that out. I think scripture shows us that that God's promise is such that God goes with us even and especially when things are unclear or when things have kind of come unraveled and are getting re-knit together. Um, God's promise is not dependent on us having a clear sense of direction. That is not to say that God doesn't have a like <laughs> an intention for what direction to kick us in, but we don't always have to be sure. It is okay to say, all right, God, I'm trusting in your promises. I'm trusting in the in the boundaries and guidelines you've given me, like in the in the commandments that we just read. I'm trusting that these things are true and give shape to my life, even when I don't know quite how they're going to bear out. Um, so who we, who we are, we're people who sometimes are in the wilderness, sometimes who are in unsure and unclear times. And uh, fortunately, who God is is one who continues to, 
to remind us and to continue to be with us and continue to get us what we need to get us to that next thing, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've learned through these past few weeks and been reminded of all of these these times in life where we are wandering, when mm-hmm. we don't know God's work, we we probably might not see God's work in our lives until we look back or until uh, future generations look back and see God's work. But that in the midst of all of that, we have this core identity as created people of God, as beloved people of God, and that even despite all of the ups and downs in life, that we have this identity we can always go back to and that we are saved, that God is a saving God mm. who wants us to live lives full of thriving and, and full of caring for the earth and for each other and that there are no promises that life is easy mm. with God, but that we can always go back to this knowledge and this truth of God's love for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it is reassuring to hear these stories of people in the wilderness who had some trouble trusting at oh, times. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. even had the benefit of a pillar of cloud, a pillar of fire, and you know, seeing the Red Sea part. And they still struggled with that. So I think maybe it's we can be a little reassured that <laughs> it's okay if we have have some some moments of doubt. But then God comes with these reminders again uh, mm-hmm. and again to to come to us to to make these promises anew for us. Yeah, it's one of the things I like about about the Ten Commandments when I'm thinking about who we are. I it, I don't think God would set these boundaries up for us if God didn't have some realization or even expectation that that we couldn't be trusted to do it on our own that we're too mm-hmm. we're really prone to messing things up and because especially by this point in history God has seen lots of ways that the people have really blown it with each other and with their relationship with God and so God gives us commandments not to be like oh ho, ho, I'm just waiting for you to step off the path so I can smite you mm-hmm. God gives us commandments because God goes okay 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 you're gonna need some some shape to your yeah. life together you're gonna need some parameters there's there's safety within these boundaries. This is this is how I want you to live because I don't I don't want you to be people who, you know, just are all over the place. I I, I see your capacity to hurt each other, and I'm gonna try and put some guardrails yeah, on yeah. that. And so it, who we are is people who mess up sometimes, and that does not keep us from being in God's love. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that God doesn't get angry. There's plenty of scriptural evidence that God gets plenty angry. And we don't, God doesn't stop loving us. Mm-hmm. In the book of Deuteronomy, the Ten Commandments appear again there. And when God gives the Ten Commandments in that book, it explicitly says, so that it may go well for you. Yeah. So like there's this, this isn't so, so that you may get tripped up. Yeah. <laughs> so because God loves us and wants us to live in community well together, God gives us these commandments, these suggestions. Uh, the, sure. These are ways that, that will help us in, in our lives. I think, oh, go ahead. And that we can always return to them. Yes. No matter how many times we mess up and break commandments, they are always there for us. And we can always try again, restart, and see how these commandments bless our lives. 
to how these commandments bless our lives. Yeah, because I think if I think back to me as a, uh, a precocious uh, teenage person, my inclination was always to say, well, what counts as stealing? Mm-hmm. If I do this, is that stealing? If I do this, because as if the goal was finding out how close I can get to the edge before I fall over, right? And that's that's not at all the point, is seeing what I can get away with. You learn more about who I was as a teenager by hearing this story. Um, but, the, but the point is to say, these are the this is the shape of our life together. Like these are in this boundary, in this perimeter. This is where there's life. Uh, mm-hmm. There's grace and love if you step off the boundary, and maybe don't test it. <laughs> so my uh, my middle school daughter this week tried to get out of her piano practice on Sunday because it was the Sabbath. She said <gasps> she shouldn't have to practice. Oh, clever girl! Do you have any advice for me? I, I thought of just going back to the other commandment of honor your father and mother. Yes. Will that work? Uh, okay. So yeah, d- duly noted that sometimes the commandments can be used against each other. <laughs> I guess so. so. Oh, clever! I have to give her points for listening in uh, Sunday school. Way to go! Yeah. Way to go. <laughs> well, this is been a wonderful worship series. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Thank you both. And it's been good. We thank all of you for being a part of our podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and as always, our mission at Easter Lutheran is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Have a great week. May the road rise up to meet you. Oh, no.